Welcome to the Triple M's Dead Set Legends podcast for Sportsbet. With Sportsbet's Bet With Mates new chat feature, you can now bet and banter all in the one place. So bet with mates chat now. You win some, you lose more. For free and confidential support, visit gamblinghelponline.org.au. For your Saturday morning, we've got the biggest sports show in town. And it's go, go, go! Triple M's Dead Set Legends. Joey Montagna, Jay Clark, Kath Lochnan and Lima. What a legend. This is Triple M's Dead Set Legends. Good morning, everyone. Jay Z, Joey, Kath with you. Lemo is, I don't know where Lemo is. He's having a spell. Yes. But it's good Doing to see you somewhere. <laughs> you good say morning, that every time. <laughs> he is. He's a busy man. He does a lot of stuff, Lemo. How was everyone's busy. weeks? Busy, very busy. Yeah. I've spent my week sort of dealing with the great switch off debate. Should. What do you mean? Should the AFL switch off the Matildas game? Tonight, mm. if it goes into right, extra surely, time, surely you've got something else happening in your life. Well, it did. The, the, it did consume a fair bit of it. I must be honest, but I was. Well, maybe we'll get to that in a sec. But um, I, I was torn this week in a massive way. Torn like I've never been torn before. I was making a cake with the kids. In fact, we're making two cakes, right? And what do you do after you make well, a cake? Just, just making cake for good times. Yeah, the, the kids like making cakes. No, yeah. no occasion. Yeah. We just like making the kids like yep. mixing yeah. it up, etc. Yeah. But what do you do when you make a cake and you put it in the oven? Like, what do you do with the bowl and the spoon and the spatula? Oh, you got to lick it. you got to lick it, right? Yeah. How, how fun is that? That's yeah. great. It's the best part of yeah, making a cake. Great. Yeah, There was a warning on the back of the White Wings box or whichever sort of cake box it was, do not consume before baked. I had two kids looking at me with puppy eyes. Puppy dog eyes saying, Dad, can we lick the spoon in the bowl? And I'm staring at a warning saying, you cannot eat this. Oh, What would you do in that situation? We made muffins the week before when Aaron was away and the kids licked the spoon. I didn't even look at the back. <laughs> is, that, is that just a bit of... You two taking the shortcut and buying the white wings like pre-packaged cakes. Do you make like... Start it from scratch, oh, you ladies. Don't you make it like you would start from scratch. No, oh, yeah, Mary lick it. Poppins yeah. over here. Of course you do. <laughs> yes, well, this was this the warning on the back of the cake box said, do not consume before baked. I was torn and I gave it a good 30 seconds thought. And what would you do? Of course I gave it to them. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> no, they still age. alive? They're yeah. alive. They're still alive. You know what I They're saw happy. this week? Oppenheimer. Oh. Very good. Better than Highly Barbie? recommend it. How many stars? Yeah, better than Barbie. I Well, I thought... And there's, you know, it's three hours long, just FYI, if you're going to go see it. Mm-hmm. And I thought there's bound to be 10 minutes or so where I check the phone or just yep. zone out a little bit, maybe go to the bathroom. I was yep. hooked the whole time. Well, it yeah. is an amazing yep. story. And the lead actor is very piercing. He's yeah. What's that guy's name? He's from... Cillian Murphy. I don't know. I've That's never him. seen him. Yeah. Peaky Blinders. Who did you go oh, with? Oh, yeah. Who did no, you go I actually with? just went with one friend yeah? and we had a name? little wine. No, it's a she. <laughs> okay. Gold class? And... No, we went to just platinum, whatever okay. that is. Yeah. Okay. I haven't, I'm not a big movie buff in terms of, do you guys go regularly? No. Nah, nah. I've yeah. been once and there was three other people. I don't even know what you're getting <laughs> this year. Gold class. I've never done the whole, but it, I do recommend it. Okay. Oppenheimer, go see it when De- you've got three hours to kill. Definitely went with a girlfriend. Yes, I did. Just, Jay-Z. <laughs> just hey, big you're weekend. Starting... I want to find out. You were talking about <laughs> what they're going to do with the Matildas. Yes. There is a big, there's a dilemma for everyone this afternoon. Yes. I want, want you to tell us. Have you got this. a view? Yeah, I do. Okay. Yep, absolutely. Oh, we'll just out of the screen. Mm. Sorry, I got, we got sidetracked there with the cakes, didn't we? we? Jay-Z, we'll get to the Matildas big screen debate shortly, but let's tick off on Friday night footy first because it was an eight-point victory to the Magpies. Snap out of the pack, Pendlebury the master. Short by his own, Jamie Elliott's got time to run in and score, and the Pies are humming. Full speed, Bobby Hill, front and 
Kicks in a magnificent goal. Mitchell. Not 15. McCreary can turn around and put a big nail in the coffin right there. For five. Brody Meyer. Check. He's got a handful, big bros. There is the siren. It's going to be the 17th win for the Magpies. Seems like the minor premiership is all but wrapped up by the Collingwood Magpies. They celebrated an eight-point victory over Geelong last night at the MCG. There was just so much riding on this game. Joey, obviously the Cats needed to win to keep their finals hopes alive. And then Collingwood with all the noise about suffering consecutive losses, their injuries, particularly Nick Dacos. How did you see the game? Uh, it was an interesting game. I enjoyed the game. It sort of it was a bit summed up Collingwood's season, really. Like they were outplayed quarters one and four, but in quarters two and three, it looked like the Collingwood that we've come to expect this year. They were they were dominant. They were swarming the contest with their pressure and contest and getting those easy goals with their their great ball movement. So it was a good for the Pies to get back on on the winners list. Um, I think that would just feel some nourishment for them. I think it was good their forwards were able to get on the end of some goals and, you know, Bright Brody Mychek's been in a bit of a slump, et cetera. So I like the way the Pies got the win. Geelong, again, for me, it sort of sums up their year. They've been inconsistent. They've been okay at times, but at the end of the day, they haven't really been good enough at all this season. So it was a bit of a, a snapshot of the year, but uh, well done to the Pies. This is the great thing about Joey, Kath. Um, not that? only does he bring me shoes on mornings like today, but he's also helps cap my excitement sometimes. He's a hold your horses guy. When I come in here and sort of say, the pies are back. And they won. Yes. And then Joey just goes, hey, Clark, you got to dig deeper into this. Look at the, the, the defense. Lucky, they weren't I've able to contain to the cats. So he's just able to contain my excitement a little bit. And I feel you're a bit glass half empty. On this Collingwood win, Joey, is that right? Well, I just try and look further than just the win and loss. If we take the win, yeah, Pies won, great, and so they should. But that's what I can do at times. But when you think both teams conceded 100 points Mm -hmm. and how easily the teams were able to score. So both teams, I think, had, you know, um, over 50% scores per entry, which is a really high number. Is that finals like footy? Their second and third quarters, Collingwood, were excellent. So they need to be able to Mm -hmm. drum up more of that. I think it's a start. I don't think you can flick a switch and regain your form from the start of the year. But I think they can build momentum off it and they can definitely build the final two games of the year. But they've got another test next mm. Friday against Brisbane. So we'll find out whether they can take that some of that form and, and build on it next week or whether, you know, they just beat a team that have just been average all year in Geelong who really were missing some players. And if it wasn't for, you know, Dangerfield and Jeremy Cameron, mm. uh, they would have been completely blown out of the water. But um, it was a good team performance by Collingwood. But some injury concerns that is going to affect them in the final couple of games. So Darcy Moore's got a, what they're saying is some neural awareness. Now, I miss the old days when you either did your hamstring or you didn't, but now we've got this neural <laughs> awareness, Fad Joey, and you're right. You're Jay, right. Why, you're, the, why are they doing that, the clubs? Why are they doing this? He ran and pulled up. Like, you've never seen someone pull up like that's a proper hamstring. He strained his hamstring They just best. don't want to say it because it's Darcy Moore who's got a history of hamstring yep. issues. He basically said, post-game, I was listening to Roaming Brian, yep. he basically implied that he's going to be bad at watching the Watching games of footy for the he next said, three or four yeah. weeks. Yeah, so it's not new. He's done a hamstring. I don't understand why, why people think like delaying the news helps. Yeah, yeah. I like just, just it was say, like the Buddy Franklin news. Sydney were saying, "Oh, we're just precautionary. It's just you know, Buddy did his calf." So this yeah. is the question: They're missing Nick Dacos for the next well, five to six games, weeks, yeah. and then Darcy Moore now as well, who looks like the All Australian centre half back or thereabouts. How does Collingwood go without their two best players? Well, the funny thing was they played well, didn't they? They actually played really well. Anna saw Jordan Degoe for mm. a lot of the game, and then they come out and win. So that's, yep. I think, would be um, positive for them internally that they can win without, Reaffirming. Yeah, without Nick Dacos. And, you know, they didn't have Darcy Moore and still played 
some really good footy. So I I think that's actually given them a bit more belief. Gee, they'd be thankful for the pre-finals by this year, wouldn't they? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Great point. That definitely mm. needs it. So your overall assessment with, I mean, Geelong are technically still a chance of playing finals, right? Well, I think they still might, I think. If they beat St Kilda and the Bulldogs, it looks like the way the, the ladder's working out, they actually might sneak into the eight. Are they but, dangerous but there's one thing sneaking team? into the eight and there's one thing being a challenger. They're not a challenger this year. So you We've don't agree with Chris Scott's comments when he said if we we make the eight, we're the danger? Well, he's he's been saying that since about round six, I think, <laughs> that if we get our best football, we are dangerous. If we, and that's true, but they just haven't found it. And then I don't know how they're going to flick a switch in the finals and all of a sudden beat the four best teams in the competition to win a premiership. So they might sneak into the eight. You probably wouldn't want to play them first week of the finals if you're St Kilda or mm. um, the Bulldogs or even maybe Carlton might be a bit nervous. I, I, I don't think they should be, but... No, it's been an average year by the by the Cats. Can I ask you a broad brush about the Cats midfield? Because they've got all these 30-year-old premiership heroes and these young guys, Max Max Holmes, Tanner Bruin, sort of 20, uh, 21. What do you think about the, the two or three guys they've got in the middle? I see an enormous gap there. Yeah, huge gap. They need to go and get someone. They need to go and get an elite midfielder because yep. they don't have any ball winners. So Dangerfield... We've sort of put on the radar the last few weeks. Can he put his Superman cape on one more time and try and help his team get the finals? That's what I thought they need because no one else can do it. And last night he did. He was enormous and he still wasn't enough to get his team over the line because he just doesn't have enough support. So Atkins, as great as he is, is not a natural, genuine ball winner. Holmes and Bruin, for me, haven't really come on as the year's gone on. Mm -hmm. They've just, they've hovered a bit. Um, Jack Bowes, they've tried in their path. It wasn't up to it last night. So they need to target some, some quality midfielders. Like that answer? He's very good, Joey. He's why he's the best analyst in the business. That's why he's on Dead Set Legends. Hey, we've got to talk the Matildas next because it's a massive gap. This is how exciting is this actually? The Women's World Cup and how much the whole country has got around the Tillies. Well, Channel 7 are saying it's the biggest night in Australian sport since the Sydney 2000 Olympics. That is a big, big call. I'm getting a little bit carried away and thinking because Saturday. Five o'clock. They are still competing with some people who will watch their teams in the NRL or AFL. Yep. But if they get through to the semis, I think they play on Wednesday night. It's a midweek night, yep. right? That will rate its socks off. Yes. Like, I agree. It's almost face paint night Wednesday if they get through. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you think? I'll do it. I'm face painting. <laughs> you please? I'm face painting on Wednesday after they get through. Go Matildas. <laughs> yep. We're talking with Daniel Gubb next. All things Tillies. This is Triple M's Dead Set Legends with Joey, J, Kath and Lemo. Joey, J, Kath, Lemo. The Dead Set Legends on Melbourne's 105.1 Triple M. Joey, J, Kath, Lemo. On Melbourne's 105.1, this is Triple M's Dead Set Legends. We are getting pumped for the Matildas quarterfinal tonight against France in Brisbane from 5pm. The countdown is on. Daniel Garb, he's joined us uh, before to talk about the Women's World Cup and he's been good enough to join us again. Morning, Garby. Morning, Kath. How are you going? Big day. Big day. I'm a little bit nervous, but more so excited. They seem to be playing well at the moment. Uh, The Matildas, a bit nervous with that Nigeria game, but they've come good and Sam Kerr starting to appear. What are your thoughts? They've hit their groove. They've kept a couple of clean sheets. I think the euphoria around the nation, which is in overdrive at the moment, let's be honest, is helping them as well, as it should at a home World Cup. And a couple of key players have found their form in the final third of the field, most notably Caitlin Ford, who's always had the ability, perhaps hasn't delivered enough for the national team. She certainly has across the last two games. Mary Fowler's standing up. 
in a massive tournament, which she has done before for such a young young player. We knew she would do again. Hayley Razo has been important as well. So in the absence of Sam Kerr, those players have delivered, and now Sam is back. How much she plays tonight will be fascinating, but it gives the Matildas an extra bit of strength as well in the final third. The defence is gaining in confidence, but they're up against a very good side. It's the quarterfinal stage. There are no easy games, and so it is going to be gripping this afternoon to see if they can make it through to the semis and maybe a clash with England. Can you imagine how big <laughs> oh. that would be? When you, when you take into account what's going on already. Yeah. Oh, it'll be absolutely brilliant if we can uh, get through. Sam Kerr is the story. We did beat France in the warm-up game down at Marvel Stadium. I was there, so we can uh, we can do it again. But Sam Kerr is the story. So what do you think here, Garvey? What, how is she 100% fit? Do you think she's going at 80%? Uh, I think she's going to start. It's going to be all eyes on Sam Kerr tonight. Yeah, I think she's fine. I mean, I watched her closely in the clash uh, with Denmark, and she was coming on regardless of the score. So they were confident in her. I spoke to some people connected to the team. They said that she trained fully the day before. She was ready to go. The only issue is how many minutes she has in her legs. Um, and they only thought she had 15 or 20 in the, the first game against Denmark that she played in this World Cup before it starts to become a higher risk of an injury. Mm. That's probably gone up to 45 minutes now for this quarterfinal. So it's a dilemma for Tony Gustafsson, do you start Sam Kerr or use her off the bench? I think the way the team is playing in the final third, it's probably more weighted to using her off the bench because the others really? are, are in form at the moment. Ford scoring goals, as I said. Razo's um, playing with a lot of confidence. Mary Fowler, that new formation they're using uh, with Mary Fowler at the point of the attack, he's actually working for them. So there's no need to rush Sammy Kerr in and disrupt that when she might only have 45 minutes in her. If she had the full 90, of course, it's a no-brainer. So it seems like they might go with that plan. But then, again, when you've got the best player or the best striker, sorry, in the world at your disposal, um, they might choose to start her as well for such a big contest. So that will be a really interesting decision by the coach. But either way, I think it's a benefit for Australia at the moment. Yeah, do you think it gives them a bit of a mental edge, Garby? Because it makes me feel confident sitting on the couch watching on, knowing that, well, if we're struggling, we've still got the world's best striker at our disposal. Yeah, exactly right. And if they're down 1-0 at halftime, she comes on at halftime. I don't think there's any issue there. You don't want to be behind the eight ball, of course, but uh, the others are playing well and and defensively they're growing in confidence. So Denmark had chances. They really Mm -hmm. took it to Australia in the first half an hour. They tried to play the ball quickly over the back of Australia's defence, which can be caught out for pace. So that's the bigger issue, really, as opposed to whether Sam Kerr starts or not, because the attack is looking pretty good. This defence needs to hold out again. They did against Denmark. Can they do it once more against a very talented French side? A number of their players, La Soma and Diani, they play for Lyon, where Ellie Carpenter plays. They've been... Champions League winners on numerous occasions in recent years. They're a strong side. They made the quarterfinals of the last World Cup in 2019. They were only knocked out by the USA. Um, So they're a proper outfit, and they will challenge Australia defensively. That's the bigger concern, getting through that first half with everything intact at the back, and then you can bring on Sam Kerr if she hasn't started and, and hopefully go for the jugular and move through to the semis. There's Daniel Garb. Gee, it's a good, it's a philosophy, isn't it? The debate. Do you want to start her and get one nil up, and then bring her off and try and hold on, or do you keep the lever up your sleeve? What would, and you do? Pull, what would I do? I think I would start her, Garby. I reckon you've got to get the get the confidence going. Get try and get one nil up, yep. and then maybe try and tighten up the defence. I don't know, Garby. But hey, I want to ask you about the Premier League started overnight. Our mm. man Ange Postacoglu taking over at Tottenham, but they've lost their best player. 
Yeah, and listening to Ange's first press conference before a Premier League game, he said this was always on the cards. He said he had a chat with Harry Kane in pre-season. He got the indication that if a deal was agreed with Bayern Munich, then Harry Kane would go. So I think that gives Spurs fans some comfort that the boss has been planning for this and had been ready for it, if you like. It's a huge blow for Ange, of course, but you can understand the decision from Harry Kane. One year left on his contract. They weren't going to sell him to a Premier League club. Bayern Munich's one of the biggest teams in the world. They can challenge for the Champions League. You know, he's not young anymore. He's, he's hit 30. It's time for him to try and win a very big trophy. And as well as Spurs might play under Ange, that's probably not going to happen for him uh, there, even in the next two to three years. So a blow for Ange, but it also just removes expectations from him mm. a little bit more, True. gives him some money to play with before the end of the transfer window. And, and that just might help take away a bit of the pressure on the Aussie. And he could build things slowly at Spurs like he's done so many times in his career. And hopefully uh, they can have a positive season and finish in the top six. Tottenham fans would, would take that, but it's obviously a, a player you cannot replace um, for Ange Postacoglu in that Tottenham side. Finally, Garby, take off your Australia cap. Tell us how do you think tonight unfolds between the Matildas and France. Give us a scoreline. I think it'll be really tight. I can see it going to extra time potentially. I wouldn't be shocked if there's penalties here. France are a really good team. I think the home crowd advantage is enormous. I really do. I think it makes a massive difference. So I can see the Matildas sneaking through. Um, I can see them conceding. I can see both teams scoring goals in this game and then are potentially going to extra time or penalties, and maybe a winner will be found there for Australia. And can you imagine if they do so in extra time? My goodness, the roof will come off the nation. <laughs> penalties, it'll be thrilling as well. So that's my tip. Australia, in either extra time or penalties. Oh, go Massive. the Tillies. Yes. We appreciate your time, Garvey. Thanks, guys. Enjoy. On you, Garvey. I don't know, penalties are one of the most stressful things oh, to ever watch. I watched the I, I the, final, the round it. of 16 when England took penalties against oh, – sorry, the USA took the penalties against Sweden and everyone was missing. And, like, oh. I was intense. I didn't even care. <laughs> I was sort of hoping the USA lost. But imagine imagine going up to take a penalty hard to in front of 7 million kind of people, yeah. Jay-Z, yeah. Yeah. watching on know, TV. Oh, no. You would crumble like a deck of cards. Yeah. Yeah. Tommy, pa- <laughs> Tommy Patley said something about quivering uh, this week. Yeah. I think he would quiver. Oh. Or we all would quiver in that sort of situation. It would – it's as higher, higher stress and as higher pressure oh, in sport as you could 100%. get. 100%. You know, a World Cup. Yeah. A World Cup penalty mm, shootout. Yeah. Across Melbourne, this is Triple M's Dead Set Legends. Okay, Jay-Z, finally. Yes. We've spoken about it all morning. The screen debate. Yes. What is the MCG and is it SCG and um, the Gabba as well? Optus, doing, yes, as Optus, well. Optus, yep. sorry. Doing about showing the Matildas during footy games. Can I get your opinion? Can I get your Opinions first. Yes, you may. What would you do, Kath? What would you do? So um, the end of the Matildas game will finish, regular time will finish about 7 o'clock. If it goes into extra time and penalties, would you keep the soccer game going or would you switch to the footy? I don't know if this is possible, but I would show the Matildas game right up until the AFL match starts, whichever ground you're at. Yep. And then if it goes to penalties... I would be putting it on the screens around the stadium, like as in underneath the you know, TV sitting, like, on the, yeah, on the levels yep. and stuff like that. In the bars. Not on the big screen. I think okay. the big screen has to be on the AFL game Once because they obviously have like advertisement and all those dollars in terms of showing replays mm. and all that. And it's kind of a, I don't know, is it a bit deflating to the players if you're like, 
you guys play, but we're just going to be watching this um, <laughs> other game on the big screen. Yes. I think you leave the big screen on the footy yep. and then all the other screens around the bars, areas and the seats, you yep. can chuck the Matildas extra time on. What do you think, Joe? I probably I think I agree with Kath. Yep. I, I think that right up till 7.30 I'd play the Matildas, but the people that have paid their money to go watch Melbourne Carlton are wanting to watch Melbourne Carlton. Yep. So they might not have an interest in Matilda. Yep. So it's unfair to them to look up at the screen to watch a replay or – just look at things and see the Matildas. So there are seven other million people who are pretty keen to watch the soccer, though, Joey. But not at the MCG, they're not. That's right. So, yep. I, so I've got no doubts on Channel Seven. I'll get you taken that, that you keep the Matildas game on Channel Seven, absolutely, yep. and start the footy on Seven, mate. Yeah, that's right. But the people that have gone to the MCG are yep. there to watch Melbourne Carlton. So I probably yep. agree with that decision. Well, you're both spot on. I personally, I personally would keep the game going. I would keep the Matildas on. I think it would be just a unique experience. However, the news of this is um, that they are going to switch the Matildas off on the big screen about 7, 10 p.m. So that is the end of regular time, which is what you're saying. So if it goes to extra time and penalties, you're going to have to watch that, as you say, on the concourse, in the bars around the MCG, or on your phone, which, let's be honest, everyone's got and will have that access. It would have been quite interesting because the players would have been watching – well, that's yeah, what you've got to take into consideration. What if it's midway through the first quarter, <laughs> Melbourne's got the footy, and then Sam Kerr scores the winner in extra time, and the whole MCG <laughs> just erupts. And poor Petrarca, he's trying to find a teammate inside 50. So well, he'd be I, fist pumping himself. <laughs> oh, that's, that is why it's probably a little bit distracting for yes. the players, so I get yes. it. But um, it's a unique experience anyway. I think yep. it's still great, the MCG and all the grounds yes. are actually yeah. putting it on. So Jesus. we have to look at it as a positive that they are doing that. I take totally. my hat off to Carlton, to the MCG, to the AFL. They, they have worked um, so hard on this for the past 48 hours. There's been a difficult negotiation to get it up there at all. So they've done really well. With volume? Like with commentary? Uh, yes, I believe so. Yeah. yeah, I believe so. But once the players see 710, that's the time the players run out onto the ground. Right. So that will be uh, the cutoff. And that's when you have to switch to your phone. It'll be an incredible experience. Uh, big screen on Rod Laver. Federation Square is going to be going off its head. So it'll be an incredible atmosphere throughout the city tonight. Weird question. I don't know if you would know the answer to this. But Go for it. if Channel 7 weren't the rights holders to the Matildas, mm. would they be able to show it? Do you think? Or would uh, that have been an issue? Yeah, it's a good question. It's a Channel 7 no, game. they wouldn't. No. Oh, hang on. We're on f- Channel 7. As in, because Channel 7 are the footy yes. broadcasters yep. and they're there at the game broadcasting Carlton v Melbourne, yep. would they have had an issue, do you think, if uh, the Matildas was on Channel 10? Yeah, it could have been tricky. Probably. Yeah. It was and all, and it was just to confirm, tricky. so Channel yep. 7 will continue to play the Matildas all the way through. If it goes to um, extra time, penalty shootouts, yep. if it's 7.30, yep. you want to watch the footy, you've got yep. to go to 7, mate. Yep. Which I think is the yeah, right call, fine. isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. it's 7 million yeah. people watching it potentially, yeah. and what a great uh, slot Gee, it is. It's crept up on everyone, hasn't it? Just how... Much this World Cup has captivated yep. the whole Australian public. But um, just imagine Sam Kerr is, I don't know, about to take a penalty or something yeah. like that, and we're changing the broad. Like, <laughs> and the big screen just goes off. That would be a flattening experience. But anyway, I go to the I don't want to see tonight. that happen. Yep. Um, in AFL, other AFL news. You want to see that? You want to see that? It'd be quite funny, wouldn't it? Oh, I'm sure they could hold it for an extra minute if Sam Kerr's about to have a penalty. I'd like to think the person that goes, nope, it's 710. Like, just goes, I'm just going to hold it for one more minute. God, you feel powerful if you're that person. <laughs> hey, you threw it up there. Uh, um, in other AFL news, Josh yes. Marnie, he's departed Essendon. Yeah, so this um, was something a little bit from left field. We know that there's been... 
a bit of discussion around this issue, Joey, over the past 12 months. But uh, Essendon saying their footy department have been working well uh, this season. However, Josh, the football manager at Essendon, who joined in 2020 and is highly respected across the industry, did a great job at Melbourne, helped building that premiership list, will depart the Bombers uh, for what he describes as a, uh, a new challenge. Um, I would have thought the AFL would be looking at uh, Josh Marnie. He's a, he's a smart fellow who knows the uh, AFL industry really well. At the moment, everyone's saying he's got nothing locked in, so he's sort of a bit of a free agent at the moment. The AFL have got a couple of vacancies at the moment in the football department. Laura Kane's doing a great job there. Cost, of course, they lost Steve Hocking and uh, Brad Scott. So there are some key positions there. Uh, but what to Josh does, you know, we'll see. They're looking for a new footy manager, quite clearly, the Bombers, to join Brad Scott. Everyone's talking about the AFL and all these positions that are available. When is there any timeline at all Joey. when they're going to fill it? Like, when are they? Six months ago? Yeah, that's right. It's yeah. like every journalist just keeps saying, yeah, there's still spots available, but we're not sure when they're going to fill it. Well, so, we asked the AFL, and the yeah. AFL says they'll be unhurried. They want the best candidates. Oh, you know, does Brendan, that mean they waited for Brendan Gale? Yes. And he's knocked them back? Yep. yep. That's my understanding. Does Laura Kane want the job? I'd imagine so. Hmm. I'd imagine so. I think she's doing a um, a great job at the moment. So it's interesting. We keep hearing, you know, Jimmy Barter. I think sort of Tom Harley at Sydney, the CEO, be uh, right up there on the wish list. Simon Garlick at uh, Fremantle will do a very good job. And uh, now Josh Marnie. Speaking of Laura Kane, do you expect anything from the AFL today in regards to a couple of those contentious out-of-bounds decisions yeah. last night that went Jeremy Cameron's way? What do you th- What do you think happened? Did it get the out of bounds? Or uh, the, definitely the handball received was yeah. out of bounds. That definitely was. The mark is, yep. is a hard one. Unless we have Hawkeye, we can't tell yep. um, for sure. But yep. it did look like that was out on the full. But yep. you could maybe get away with that one. Yeah. You think the AFL would come out and confirm the incorrect Just, yeah. decisions as, as a bit of a courtesy. Yep. But if they do that for every wrong decision. Like, they need to like do it for every wrong decision. Yeah. Let's not say for every wrong decision. Yep. For very obvious ones that is a, a howler that people are going to talk about. Yep. But that handball received, like, thank God. Geelong didn't win by six points. Yes, well, that's, exactly. That's it is right. hard. If you ever tried a boundary umpire, you're running along that line. It can be hard to measure up at times. <laughs> yeah, no, it is, no, it is difficult. It is. That one was pretty clear, though, when you, when you looked at mm. it, wasn't it? Isn't it retirement season in the AFL? There's been announcements galore this week. So Trent Cochin, the big one, the Tigers, triple premiership captain. Isaac Smith, four-time premiership player. Last year's Norm Smith medalist. That one caught me by surprise. Catch yes. you by surprise, or did you have a bit of inside <laughs> mail where you thought it was on the cards? No, I, no, I think it's time. Yeah, hang up the boots, okay. as they say. Did you? Um, did you do the? I like the um, when they tell their teammates the the club videos. Yeah. Did you tell your teammates, Joey? Yeah. Did you do a big sort of yep. me, 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 me? This is me. <laughs> I just said goodbye. Yeah. Me, me, me. Tell a big story. Goodbye. Not really, I love you blokes. Did, did you, you get, get emotional? emotional? Yeah, I did. Yeah, I did. It's it's one of those things that's really weird because. You know you're retiring, so you you know what you're going to say, but actually saying the words out loud mm. is completely different. You. Yeah, mm-hmm. it hits you. So it is quite emotional because you love footy. It's what you want, have wanted to yeah. do your whole life. It's what you love to do, and you can't do it any longer. Are there any It'll little be like clicks? the day that you have to retire from journalism. You get very emotional, and you'll <laughs> be like, he's going to cry. <laughs> <laughs> you beauty. I'm kidding. I'm joking. It's a joke. It, it, is, a, it is a sad moment. So. <laughs> There's also Luke Shuey, Shannon Hearn, Andrew Phillips, and Ben Cunnington. He's got to be the man of the moment this afternoon at Marvel Stadium because it is his farewell game, his 238th and final AFL match, and his story's just like no other. Yeah, he's a star. I want to give you a quick pick one. I'm going to put you on the spot too because Ralphie did it last night on Wreck-It Ralph Who? on Fox. Johnny Ralph, your no. man. Whose career would you take? Isaac Smith, four premierships and a Norm Smith, yep. or Trent Cotchins, three flags as a captain and a Brownlow medal? I'm, I've am i got an answer. All right, you go first. Yeah, I'm chiming in on pick Cotchin, one today. 
Oh, I'm going Isaac Smith. Would you? Because I reckon the greatest um, honour is Norm Smith medal. Over a Brownlow? Yep. Over a Premiership captain? Well, I, I reckon to, to, to be the best player on the biggest stage of all, that is grand final no, day. No, I reckon that is a claim. Yeah. I reckon mm. Isaac Smith is an absolute beauty. I think Cochin's impact on Richmond, he changed that whole footy club, I think, where Izzy sort of – didn't jump on the bandwagon. That's a pretty good team. Isn't that a more fun career? You didn't have to deal with the leadership, captaincy, debacles. Yeah, you just rolled up, played played well. Mm. Apparently he said on 360 Plus during the week that his dad always said to him, footy is about playing well in finals. Yep. And he <laughs> didn't he do brief, that? Yeah. Yeah. Um, ben Cunnington, I reckon, is one of the best people in the league, like the impact he's had at North Melbourne. I think he's sort of flown under the radar. He hasn't as much media exposure, mm. but he is a, uh, a terrific fella. Kath, this mushroom story is blowing my <laughs> mind. Like I need, and you're all over it clearly. I am obsessed with this story. I want to know. No, we can't talk about it now because we've run out of time. I need a full five minute segment right. for this story. Who has poisoned who? That's the yes, question. I want to know. In what room? In what yes. uh, clue? Po- <laughs> Don't you reckon? With the broth in the kitchen? <laughs> Rusty's Motorsport Update. Bendix Brakes. Put your foot down with confidence. My good mate, Greg Russ, from the Rusty's Garage podcast. You can listen to it for free on the Listener app. Good morning, Rusty. Hey, the ta- tongues, rather, they're wagging where you are because it's been confirmed Will Brown is going to lead the Erebus team at the end of the year. He's in the box seat to take Shane for Gitzbergen's drive. Kath, good morning to you. You're absolutely right. So he's actually here racing with us this weekend. Yesterday afternoon at 3 o'clock, both the Erebus team and Will kind of took to socials to say that they will part ways. Um, this is a toughie because Erebus are having a very strong run in this year's championship. He's had a, a, a terrific um, chapter with him uh, that, that's, that's seen him really grow as a racer. Now, the Red Bull Ampol team have not confirmed it yet, but most of the journos here in the pit lane are all talking like it's, uh, it's very likely to be done and perhaps we might even know within the days ahead. But no confirmation yet. But most likely that will take uh, will will take that drive of Shane's, yes. And all the eyes will be over on the states uh, this weekend, Rusty. Our two supercar drivers, Brody Kostecki and Shane Van Gisbergen, racing NASCARs. How well are they going? Uh, and you know what, the interest from the media over there has been huge. So Dale Earnhardt Jr., who is uh, massive, he's been a very successful racer in his own right, and has a globally famous uh, podcast series and works as one of the main commentators. Both the boys have. Uh, caught up with him during the course of the week. Shane is running on the Oval today in the third tier in the the truck racing series, but most of the attention will be on the Premier NASCAR class, which uses part of the famed uh, Brickyard or Oval there at Indianapolis, but also the the infield. So it's a bit more like a traditional track. So both of them uh, will get a fair old welcome from the Americans this time around. It won't be like Shane at Chicago last time, but I still think they will be very impressive, both of them. Rusty, I'll be honest. I've never understood the fascination with driving around and round and round a circle. Like, that is, like, honestly, that is boring to me. But anyway, um, good on the NASCARs. Hey, but with Shane set to leave uh, Supercars for the USA, is he still going to do Bathurst? You know, he, he. I think we've talked about it a couple of times on the show on Saturday mornings that, you know, he's had a tough year with the series. He's a bit miffed about certain things with it. But deep down, guys, he, he genuinely loves um, the sport. He, as a child, he dreamt of racing at Bathurst and so on. So if the schedule works, why wouldn't Red Bull have him back? He wants to come and play. It'd be a great story to get him back to the mountain. Um, so, you know, 
he, he looks like he's set to go and do NASCAR, which will give him a, uh, a new project, something new to sink his teeth into. But we would love the thought of getting him back to, to race at the mountain, that's for sure. Totally. Hey, Rusty, appreciate your time. Have a great weekend. Rusty's Motorsport Update. Bendix Brakes. Put your foot down with confidence. Still plenty more to come on Triple M's Dead Set Legends in our second hour. The Gold Coast interim coach, Stephen King, he's going to join us. The Suns taking on Sydney Swans at the FCG. I wonder if the Suns can spoil the party. Mm. Swans trying to still play finals football. Uh, we'll take a look at all the Saturday and Sunday games, plus a recap of Collingwood's win over Geelong last night. The MCG, an eight-point victory. This is Triple M's Dead Set Legends, Joey J, Kath and Limo. Joey, Jay, Kath, Limo. The Dead Set Legends on Melbourne's 105.1 Triple M. For your Saturday morning, we've got the biggest sports show in town. And it's go, go, go! Triple M's Dead Set Legends. Morning team, Jay-Z, Joey, here we go, second hour. Something we haven't spoken about today is you got a gift from Joey. You got a pair of shoes. Yes, wild rhinos. Joey's brought them in. He's got a... Uh, was, this, was this a gift or you? Well, he remember he did the have... the shoe modelling yes. earlier in the year. That's, he... that's, that's the reason I brought it up because yes. I would love to revisit that little photo yes. shoot. Mm. Yes. Well, how was the feedback on your shoe shots? We'd be better off talking about the mushroom story. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I thought I just got you a pair of shoes, Thank Jason. You, looking after my man. You yeah. didn't want? Did you want a pair, Kath? What would you? I thought they're men's shoes. They are. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what do you? They're they're they are men's shoes. <laughs> yeah. So, um, no, I wouldn't need a pair, but thank you. Okay. That's Very considerate. Joey, yes. What do you think about our host here? Kath is a really aggressive colour in a row. Scribbles a lot, doesn't she? Like, like you're attacking you're that bit of paper. You're make a story out of nothing Well, here. it's aggressive doodling. Okay. That is what it is. Well, I'll aggressive just tell everyone doodling. listening yes. that all I'm doing is yeah. when you've finished with a little segment, or it's like a checklist. You doodle. When you've done. So <laughs> Wayne Carey used to do. <laughs> when you did the Sunday you used to draw cats. No, but I'm not drawing. I'm just ticking off. So, We've got a rundown for our show, 10.03, opener, Joey J, Kath and Lemo, top yeah. of first hour. We've done that, so I just will cross it out. No, but they're, not little, cro- they're not little crosses it's out. Not- you are like stabbing that bit of paper <laughs> with that pen, and I just want to check in, all right? Are you okay? Way, that is- it is. I didn't yeah. ask you both, where are you watching the Matildas? Because we're doing the early game for mm. all of us, the North Melbourne Essendon, but then I'm, gonna, I'm going to Transit. the MCG, so I will be at the MCG watching it on the big screen, but where are you going to be, or what are you planning? I'm going to be at home. I'm gonna, what, rush back from the footy to watch it with the kids. Yeah, nice. yeah. Are they going to get into it, all the kids? Yes, they love it. We haven't missed, missed a game. Kath, which bar have they got are you like going a to? Sam Kerr, Guernsey? No, have they got merchandise? I haven't got the Tilly's top yet. Um, I have got to go back to studio to do Carlton Melbourne. So oh. I'll be in Fox Footy watching it. But that's good setup because you can hear it. You can watch properly. It's, yeah, I'm yep. happy with that. Speaking of big questions, I've got to pick one for you. Joey, pick one. Who do you think is the bigger premiership threat of the two in a state? Teams, Port Adelaide oh, and Brisbane. Which of the horses, which horse would you be backing to get to the grand final, Port Adelaide or Brisbane, pick one. That's next. Triple M's Dead Set Legends. Before we get to Collingwood's win last night, you posed a pick one to Joey. Who next do you question. Back? Yeah, it was a very <laughs> – and you know what? It was a succinct question too. Nathan Brown would be happy, pleased with you. <laughs> it was – what was the question? Uh, Port Adelaide or Brisbane, who do you think's the bigger chance to win the premiership? No, it has to be Brisbane. They, they are – thank you, Leroy. They are fine. <laughs> this is what, their fifth crack at it, Leroy? This is yep. Brisbane's fifth year at finishing Our first real top crack at four. It. <laughs> You've been there. So they'd want to. I think this is – they're not going to get many better opportunities than this. You can't just keep rolling in year on and year thinking you're just going to finish top four and have a crack. So Brisbane, I think, are ready. Uh, I've got faith in them. I still have Melbourne right now, my number one seed. I think they have timed their run beautifully. Yep. 
Brisbane at two, and then Collingwood three. Carlton have jumped into the top four as a legitimate uh, premiership threat, but they're going to have to do it the hard way from outside the top four. So who do you think is in the grand final? Melbourne, Brisbane. Yeah, but it's, it's hard because it all depends on where the pre- yeah, like exactly. who gets the home grounds. Yeah. You know, that makes a big factor come so, prelim weekend. So right now we've got Collingwood. They've pretty much wrapped up the mind premiership sitting on top. They will finish first. We've got Melbourne in second, Brisbane third, Port Adelaide fourth, and two, three, four. They are all on 56 points. Melbourne with the best percentage out of those three, 125, but Brisbane hot on their heels, 124. And really, we'll know more in the next six days. Melbourne and Carlton tonight will tell us a story, and then Collingwood-Brisbane on next Friday night will tell us another story. Like, if Collingwood can come back and and follow up and bounce back, sorry, follow up their performance last night and win again, then all of a sudden they are absolutely back to being the premiership favourite. But if they lose to Brisbane in Melbourne, then it poses more questions about where they're all at. Can we put this in a time capsule? Who do you think wins the Brownlow medal? Right now, I had a good look during the week, Jay-Z. I've still got Nick Dacos about four to six votes in front. Do you? So I think right now he's the got to be the favourite. And if Bontempelli or Petrarca are good enough to poll two best on grounds in their last three games and beat him in the final couple of rounds, well, so be it. But right now, I think that Dacos, he's got, I've got him on a minimum 30, but he could have up to 35 Brownlow votes. Yeah, so I, I think that I've got Bontempelli on about 26, 27. Tell you, it was pretty good. His brother, Josh Dacos, last night Best in the Pies, eight-point victory over Geelong. Where did this leave you? I mean, it was just a game the Pies had to yeah, win. Yeah, they just started to find their form again. You know, they, I know they'd lost there too, but I'd mentioned they, they sort of dropped away their previous couple. So for them just to start to turn the momentum back in their favour is a good uh, good launching pad, and now they've got to continue at the next two games. You've got a great new segment on um, Sunday Rub, glass half empty, glass half full. Have a listen to Chris Scott. He is still glass half full on the Cats season. It does feel like we've had periods this year where we've got it back up and going and some of the guys that have been sore or missed a lot of footy look like they were you know, close to playing their best footy and then something went wrong again. It has felt a little sort of two steps forward, one step back. And in a really tight comp, you know, that's not good enough. But I think, look, even tonight, look, I just didn't think we played well. And, and could have won the game. And, and some of the things that we're not doing are really easy to turn around. I think Jeremy and Dangerfield were probably good examples tonight. It's like we just haven't quite seen them even moving that way for long enough this year. But they did tonight, and they can next week and the week after and the week after. Heard a lot of that from Chris Scott this year. Haven't played well, almost won. So our best is good enough. Haven't done it consistently enough. It's just summed up their year. I don't think now with two games to go home and away season, they're going to flick a switch and be a real premiership threat. So unfortunately, not this year for the but Cats. But they might still sneak in. Yes, they are that's right. still a chance. So we'll wait and see with the Cats. Team, we've got a busy Super Saturday to look forward to. One of the first games is Sydney hosting the Gold Coast Suns at the SCG. And I'm pleased to say the Suns interim coach, Stephen King, has been good enough to join us on Deadset Legends. Thanks, Stephen. Hey, Kath, how are you? Thanks for having me. Very well. How have you found, we'll get to the game in a second, but how have you found life in the hot seat so far since taking over from Stuart Chew? Yeah, it's been um, obviously difficult circumstances, Kath, but um, yeah, I've really enjoyed it. It's been just a great experience. It's something everyone always says you won't know what it's like until you do it. So um, sort of going in, you're not quite sure how you'll go. And um, just, I guess, having a month in it now, I sort of feel really comfortable and Excited by the you know the possibility of having this experience, so yeah, I've I've loved it. So what's happened first, King? Have you gone a bit greyer or lost a bit more hair? Which sort of came <laughs> first after oh. you've taken over? 
Well, both had already happened, Joey. So I was gonna, <laughs> if anything, mate, the one thing I did, I'm probably walking the dog a bit more, mate, a couple of times a day just to get some clarity and clear air and make some phone calls. So your time's a bit more important. And I understand now that you've got to spend a bit more time, you know, making sure you're across the whole footy department, especially the playing group. So probably just getting out of the house with the four kids, mate, to make some, some um, calls and peace and quiet. What are, other than that, what are some of the differences when you make that jump from assistant coach to senior coach? Because we see it so often when there can be gun assistants and then they, they, they don't quite handle the pressure of being a senior coach. What have you found the differences? Oh, the thing for me, Kath, is probably first and foremost the man management around making sure you get around to everyone at the club and yeah. giving time to every single player on your list. So as an assistant, you're probably locked in your little area a little bit where you spend time for me with the mids. And it's more, I guess, from a micro level, you're just looking at the game in a, in a, in through one lens. This one's, you know, you're looking at the game as a whole. You're looking at the club as a whole. So it's probably that. Um, things get across your desk that everyone wants you to tick off on. Uh, when you're assistant, you're sitting in meetings probably throwing up ideas, whereas it's you're the one that's got to pull the trigger or actually make the final call. And probably most importantly is that everyone probably interactions with you, maybe you know people's most important one of the day being a senior coach. So it's just understanding the time that you give the people and what that can mean to everyone. So probably setting the tone for a week at the start of a meeting on a Monday, that, that then leads into the theme for the whole week and what you build up to a game's going to be. So it's probably just a bit more thinking around planning what your week looks like, what your themes might be, stories you tell, um, and just, I guess just keeping the group motivated. So has this little period made you want to be a senior coach or turned you away from the idea? No, no, I've certainly warmed to it. I've always wanted to help lead a footy club, whether that's, you know, as a senior coach or just share my experience. So this has been one that's I've thoroughly enjoyed. I mean, by the end of this season, it'll be seven weeks. So, I mean, I understand it's only a short-term feel of it but I, I think I went into this sort of one day thinking or hoping I could be a senior coach at least now I, I know I can be so that's just probably given me greater belief and, and confidence moving forward. And you deserve congratulations Kingy to be honest led the uh, club to a Q clash win over Brisbane tough game Luke Beveridge spoke about you throughout the week and described how big a loss you were for the Bulldogs when you left the kennel so um, clearly done a very uh, good job but can I just on a lighter note can I ask you we, we've got Steve Johnson in our triple M box uh, Kingy and, oh. and sometimes <laughs> you know like he just comes out with this left field stuff and he's a very funny man and I can only imagine what he would have been like back in the locker room Back in the day, how, how did you keep um, how, how did you keep this great man contained? Because he would have been a lot of fun back in the day, but also a bit unpredictable, I imagine. Oh, mate, hard to contain. I, I've I've caught some of the little snippets of gold he's been dropping in the triple M box myself, just just on Twitter and whatnot. And uh, I mean, he hasn't changed. That's Stevie. That's that's what makes him who he is. I guess he's unpredictable. He's outside the box. Um, I don't think you can try and contain him fully. You just got to let him let him breathe and go about his business. And that what, that's what makes him what he's been as a footballer and now what he's doing. So he's unpredictable. He sees the game, I won't say a little bit differently, I think a lot differently to the conventional um, predictability of what a lot of us do. And, um, you know, that's the way he played the game too. Hey, Kingy, we appreciate your time. I believe you're watching the VFL, a curtain raise out to the game this afternoon against the Swans. Amazingly, for all the turmoil Gold Coast have been through, you're on nine wins. If you can win one and equal uh, the best amount of wins in a season for Gold Coast, potentially two, and make it a record, there's still plenty to play for. Yeah, absolutely, Joey. We're, we're chasing 11 wins, you know, hopefully 12, but we want to be the most successful team Gold Coast has, has put out in the park, and, and we want to win a VFL Premiership, so... Our whole club's invested in finishing this year as strongly as possible. And, I mean, we've all got so much to play for. So 
collectively our job as coaches is to make sure the boys lower their eyes and just keep driving to the finish line and whatever that takes us it does but yeah I mean there's so much to play for as a group and the quality of people we've got here behind the scenes working with our playing group to make sure that happens. Um, yeah, it's been pretty special. Yeah, well, good luck for the rest of the season. And lastly, Kingy, September 22, Saints catch-up. You're going to make it down to Melbourne so we can yeah, see. Mate, always I'll, good I'll fun, be, Jay, with ab- Kingy having a beer with Kingy. He's good value. Absolutely, mate. I'll do my best. I mean, that was that's always a highlight on the calendar, mate, <laughs> catching up with the ex-teammates. And, um, yeah, that, that'll be one I'll try and get down to for sure, mate. Very good. Definitely. We need you to come. You're a great ruckman. <laughs> we need you to be there, Stephen. <laughs> Jay Z trying to be funny oh, there. Sorry. Um, <laughs> hey, thanks for your time. Good luck against the Swans this afternoon. No worries, guys. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. See you later. Good luck. You actually do do a great Ross Lyon impersonation. Oh, thank you. He has put yeah. his hand up, though, Stephen King, hasn't he? Someone that clubs should consider in the future. Oh, great might, job. Might uh, stay there with Damien Harvey. We might have to ask you about Damien Harvey after yep. this, just quickly. Oh, yes. What's the latest on that? We'll get yep. to that next. And I want some yep. trade news as well from you. Can you Yep. Oh, Kenny Lee trade news. <laughs> <laughs> this is Triple M's Dead Set Legends, Joey J, Kath and Lemo. Joey J, Kath, Lemo. The Dead Set Legends on Melbourne's 105.1 Triple M. Joey J, Kath, Lemo. On Melbourne's 105.1, this is Triple M's Dead Set Legends. This is Triple M's Dead Set Legends, Joe, J, Kath and Leroy. It's getting far in. Leroy getting fired up. Yeah. Brisbane Lions. Oh, boy. Sorry, Leroy. Let's talk about Damien Hardwick. Yes. Because obviously he's overseas. Sun-sealed delivered. Yes, I think that's a good tune. But I think this was all done three, four months ago. Do you really? So you need a conspiracy theory? Yes. Well, take us. What's your conspiracy theory that... He knew before he left Richmond that yep. the Gold Coast job was available? Yeah. Uh, I don't think we could be so naive to say that oh. he didn't. I, um, <laughs> I didn't. Yeah, you think that yeah, yep. is the case? Yep. I reckon that cafe meeting with Paul Connors, who's a smart man in the industry, uh, the ducks are always lined up, I think. so. And he's perfect because he's got the premiership expertise, the brand. He'll be able to bring people. Gold Coast need a, someone to really plant the flag in the ground. So he'd be perfect. I think Ken Hinckley stays at Port Adelaide. I think if they win this weekend, it could be announced on the book. I think it could be a next week uh, decision. It is August. Um, I think he deserves it. I'm a big Ken Hinckley fan. I think he's done a great job. What do you and think he deserves? What's fair for him and for the club? If I was him, I'd be looking at, I'd be trying for three years. That's what yeah. he would want. What yeah. do you think is fair from the club yeah. side of it? I think he's deserved that. Three? Yeah, I would give him three years because two years feels a bit short term and then we're just in the same spot in 12 months' time. Well, you, you're unsure. Hold your horses. Um, no, maybe thinking two years. Yep. Two, you got to can. Here's two years, and we're going to stick to the two. We'll give you yep. two, like yep. we did with the word. We'll let you play it out. But yep. you've got two years with this group to try and win a flag, and then we'll reassess again. Yep. Okay. All right. Uh, yeah. Three. I, I can handle three, though. I think he's done a uh, great job. Um, all the trade got starting to heat up a oh, little bit. Yes. And you're across all this. Am yeah. I? You get good mail. Okay, well, I'm surprised Tommy Brass is staying at West Coast. Were you surprised oh, by that? Has that? that been announced? He's like, staying. Really? He's not, yeah, he's not going to Sydney. Not yeah. if his last very settled and sorted in WA. Why yeah. would you leave? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, fair point. I mean, we do need to consider the person and all this. But for yeah. West Coast, they would have got that other top 10 pick. So that's um, interesting. I think there is – we talked a lot about Carlton this year and their salary cap um, squeeze, didn't we, and how they were going to juggle that. It looks like they're going to re-sign – uh, Mitch McGovern, I think maybe Zach Fisher might um, leave. I think Western Bulldogs are the big salary cap trade story next year. How on earth are they going to keep Tim English, Aaron Norton, Jamara Eugle Hagens? They'd all be close towards up up north yeah. eight nine hundred million dollars, wouldn't they? And Jamara Eugle Hagens at his best year. Yeah, he's he's a, he's a, he's a star in the making. He's going to be a superstar. Yeah, he's 
contract price is probably going to double. Yeah. Um, remember, the CBA is going up. The salary cap's going up. Bailey Smith is out, and the, those rumours continue to sort of bubble along. Is so he completely happy? You've got one of the best lists in the competition, as some people claim. There's going to have to be some sort of well, I reckon compromise. The Western Bulldogs would want to keep all those guys. And I, I hate to say this, but and I reckon Adam Trelaw has had a incredible year. You said it last week. Very, yep. very good year. He's had, he's is had, he out of contract? He is out, I think, 2025. He's still in contract. Yep. But when we talk about moving players on under contract with Brody Grundy, et cetera, Adam Trelaw got moved out of contract or moved on when he was in contract at uh, Collingwood, would he be the one, Joey? Or am I cart before the horse uh, here? Is he a must-keep oh. for the kennel ahead of the tools? Where's his partner? Doesn't his partner live in Queensland still? His netball Plays partner? for the Firebirds. Yeah, so yep. she's still up there. How do they so juggle that? I'm not sure. So... That is yeah, tricky. It well, I mean, might if you be one to keep an eye on. Have a look in our household at times with three kids. Like it's it's hard trying yeah. when you you got both parents, let alone uh, having kids and only having mm. one parent. So I just wonder whether that might be a bit car before the horse. Okay. Would you be interested if your Brisbane Lions or Gold Coast Suns in Adam Chalor? Uh, yeah, I think they're both fit. So I think Adam Chalor, as you said, has had a really good year. He's a bit of a point of difference in the midfield because he does win the inside ball, but does have that sort of leg speed to be able to get out of traffic. So I think for the Gold Coast Suns, I think that works. When you think about Raul Miller. Anderson Flanders, I think he's a bit of a point of difference, and he can play as a high half forward. He's flexible with his with his roles too. Could you know could go out onto a wing. So I, that would be one that if I was Brisbane or Gold Coast, I'd look at. Yep, he has impressed me this year, Adam mm. Chalor. I think he really deserves. I was unsure when he left Collingwood what what he could add to the kennel, but I think his hardness inside the um uh, in the clearances. What do you think about this? So the two talls, Norton and um, Norton and English. Yep. Um, the, the the talk is that there's league-wide interest in those two. Of course there would be. That's just yep. common sense. You've got yep. a gun key forward and the best ruckman in the comp. Of course, every club yep. would inquire to see if they're gettable. Um, I, I would think, though, the Bulldogs would continue to build their future around those, yep. in particular, English, Norton, Jamara. Yep. And then yeah. they've got Sam Darcy. They've got to continue to build your list around those key pillars because they're so hard to get. Yep. So when you've got them, you, you don't want to let them go. Yep. And then hopefully their midfielders can hang around for three to four more years and continue to stay at the top and have a crack at another flag. They are going to be a fascinating watch in the off-season, the Western Bulldogs, aren't they? Certainly are. Um, team, we have to preview round 22. Well, the rest of round 22 begins at Marvel Stadium this afternoon. We're all covering this game, aren't we? Yes. We're all working we'll on this game. We're doing this game together, Fox. Yes, yeah. cute. And you're doing it for Triple M? Triple M, Rock yep. Footy. Um, North Melbourne v Essendon, and it is Ben Cunnington's farewell match. So, so much will be focused around him and celebrating a great career and a great um, inspiration that he is in in fighting cancer twice and, and coming back to AFL footy. But as he said during the week, his um, life perspective is just too great now. He's lost the hunger, so we'll be able to farewell him in style today. Has anyone else got a gut feel that Kangas can win this? Yes. This is I, their teams down the bottom have one one game in them where they can produce something. It was West Coast last week, and they just couldn't quite get it done. I've just got a gut feel. George Wardlaw's for back. Ward, well, Wardlaw back. For Ben Cunnington, the emotion around it. Clarko back in the coach's chair. Essendon just going. They've sort of lost their defensive zest that they had at the start of the year. It's really fallen away. I've got a feeling North Melbourne will be in this game up to their eyeballs today. Started well against Melbourne last yeah, week yep, down yep. in uh, Tassie. Build some confidence off that. Essen just been going. I've liked Sardis. Um, yeah, he was he, good. He's going to be a um, start. Just, I'm on a tangent here. but did we, And just between us, did Adam Simpson tank last week with the no plus one? Can I just remind you that we're on a radio I show? Know, so yeah. Well, just, just if we can, like, honestly, can we call that out? <laughs> no, he didn't for tank. For what he it is. Tank. He's just not trying to win. No plus one. No, he's still trying to win, but you can do it in different ways. Say what you're thinking, Joe. What do you think? 
no plus one, you've got a minute to go and you're up, right? You put seven players behind the ball in that instance, not just one. He, They were not trying to win. Let's say it exactly you for know what, what it you're, is. You're actually the only person who's actually said that because the amount of football discussions this week about this topic and then the question comes, so are you saying they're tanking? And everyone goes, well, no, but. Yeah, yeah the word tanking changes it. <laughs> were, were they desperately trying everything they possibly could to win the game? Yeah. Probably not. But what's the incentive? The incentive was they would have lost Harley Reid. Mm-hmm. So I'm not, I still think they were trying to win. The players were definitely trying. You just yeah. don't go into the mechanisms mm-hmm. to give yourself every opportunity, I think. But it doesn't, I don't think it's a, it's good on them. Anyway, glass, <laughs> glass half empty on their attempts, and their attempts well, to win the game. You don't have to go the plus one. And sometimes going with a plus one when you haven't practiced it can throw everything else into a bit of yeah. chaos, and it can actually cause more Ross more headaches. Would have went with plus thirteen <laughs> to get the four points. Yep, plus thirteen. Um, okay. Anyway, that's anyway, done. Yep. West Coast lost that game. Let's Sorry. move on. Sorry. So, you're, have you tipped North Melbourne? Yes, I have. Did you? Yeah. Oh, oh, only because I'm about seven behind in the tipping, so I need to find a couple of roughies to see if I can. I'd rather go down swinging Jay-Z and lose the tips by 12 yep. and have a crack at trying to win it. So I've got a few upsets this week. Um, we already spoke to Stephen King about the Suns taking on the Swans, but your tip for that one? Uh, Sydney for me. Joey? Sydney for sure, certainly. <laughs> and the Twilight game, which is going up against the Matildas, your Brisbane Lions, Leroy, taking on the Brisbane. Adelaide Crows at the Gabba. Lions at the Gabba usually ends up with a Lions win. Yeah, Lions will win. And Leroy will get defensive if we don't tip them. Brisbane are still, they're going fine. They, <laughs> the big one? Well. Yeah, the big one tonight, Carlton v Melbourne. So Carlton going for Eight straight yep. wins tonight. Melbourne have won their past five. It's the two informed teams in the competition going head-to-head at the G. It is. So let's not overreact to the loser because someone's going to lose this game. But they, as you said, they're the two most informed teams. I'm, I'm interested to see how good Carlton are. Like if they can beat Melbourne, poor boy, the lid will be absolutely <laughs> can you imagine? off. The only thing stopping them would be not finishing top four. That that just makes it uh, more of a challenge. But Should I've they just, be the premiership favourite if they win tonight? No, because again, they're going to have to do it from outside the top four. That yep. makes it, like, it does make it harder. What's Joey's lesson today? Don't overreact, Jason. Yeah, no, this is why I need But him. Melbourne, you've got a lot of faith. Clayton Oliver back. I want your take on the Brody Grundy situation. Yeah, yes. so fascinating. So this is the this is the role of the dice we've all been waiting for. We'll all be watching Brody Grundy to see how he competes inside the forward fifty because the doubt is when he's involved in that contest, how easily does a ball bounce out out at that Melbourne forward line? So they need to get legs and speed and pressure to the contest to get around him. He needs to fight. This is the most important game of Brody Grundy's career tonight. What do you? Think, oh, I think he's keeping the chair warm for Tom McDonald. I think yeah. they they owe it to Ben uh, to Brody Grunny to give it one more try because yeah. they've been so wedded to this yeah. two ruck situation. So I think they've gone right. We're going with Tom McDonald needs one, maybe two VFL games. Let's give Brody Grundy a chance, and if he puts yeah. together a compelling case tonight and plays well, then they might stick with it. But yeah. I can't see it panning out that way. The noise you heard in the background is Kath Lockman just colouring in her little lower run sheet and scribbling as we go along. <laughs> yeah. Hey, quick, important question for you. Clayton Oliver, would there be a doubt in the back of his mind? Would he go in? Can Would, would there just be a little... Yes. What, what about his hamstring? Yeah, or for sure, about... for sure. First time. What is done that it, like? Two no, and a half months coming back. Yeah, it, it, everyone's different. Some are sort of no worries. Others maybe overthink it. You know, some get more anxious than others with injury and those sorts of things. So it all depends on the person how they deal with either pain or injury and those sorts of things. Clayton Oliver seems to me like a type of guy that wouldn't stress about it <laughs> too much. But there's been a bit of noise, you know, to redo it a few times in rehab and the way that he spoke when he was door stopped. He didn't seem overly. Convinced, so he might have a little bit of doubt, but I think once he gets through a full game, he'll feel much better about himself next week. Bit nerve wracking coming back into the side and having playing so well as 
on top of that yeah. as well and the midfield been firing. Is so, that more of a Max Gorn thing, though, than a Clayton Oliver thing? What do you mean? Well, does that re- reflect more so the impact that Max Gorn has had since taking over? The... Yeah, perhaps, but it's still just a bit nerve-wracking, isn't it, coming back in when the team's done so well? He would want to make it. Yeah, I don't think it correlated they've improved because Clayton Oliver's out no, of the side. No, that no, was ridiculous. It's, just it's just more that they're playing much the... better that, footy. And yeah. That was the headline. Yeah, it was strange. Yeah. yeah. Um, so a tip for tonight. Who have you got? I've gone Carlton. I've tip oh, Melbourne. She's got a bit more faith in Melbourne, but this could go either way. Oh, yeah, I'm actually, really excited. I'd love to see Carlton win. The crowd would be going bonkers. Oh, that's uh, And yeah. the Derby tonight. Who have you tipped? West Coast Fremantle in Perth. Oh, this will get a lot of eyeballs, this one. <laughs> 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 Freo would want to win. Do you West Coast would, would West Coast t- want to beat Freo and just, oh, that would... I said we were ticking off at all the Saturday games. Right. Sorry. It's a Saturday game. Dockers so for me. Joey's off. Dockers. Yeah. <laughs> the Dead Set Legends. Give me a spell. Give me a spell. Give me a spell. I'll go first. Give me a spell. Anyone not getting behind the Matildas. Mm. Short and sharp. Jay-Z, what's yours? Um, <laughs> if you missed the top of the show, um, I had an issue this week when I made cakes with my kids <laughs> and the back of the cake box and you're not allowed to eat the uncooked oh, cake mix. Now, I don't know. We've all done that as kids and... Um, I defied the warning and still gave the un-baked <laughs> yep. cake mix to my kids, like we've done for um, decades. So I can't remember the cake mix brand, White Wings, I don't know, one of those types. Give me a spell. Let the kids be able to lick the spoon and the bowl. Yep. It's one of the great parts of baking a cake. Yep. Give me a spell, Collingwood, trying to go on Darcy Moore. That's neural awareness. Yeah. It's a bit of tightness. It's yeah. say he's done his yeah. hamstring. He's not going to play the last yeah. two home and away games. Yeah. We're hoping that he's going to be fully fit for the first qualifying final. Yep. Don't treat us like fools. Come yes. on, Collingwood. Give me like a spell. It, Joey. Like it, Time for our Dead Set Legend. Dead Set Legend. Triple M's Dead Set Legend of the Week. 4 and 20. We've been there for it all. Australia's original fan food. Mate, you are a legend. Who is it? Hard to go past the Matildas. They are our dead set legends today. Good luck to them. Five o'clock this afternoon, Channel 7. Everyone will be watching. It's uh, going to be an amazing night and good luck. Sam Kerr start or super sub? Uh, I would start her and then get the 1-0 lead, take her off after just early in the second half and hope they can park the bus and hold on. Go the Tillies. We're all right behind you. Saturday Rub is up next. It's been Triple M's dead set legends. Joey, Jake, and Leo. That's it for this week's edition of Triple M's Dead Set Legends. Brought to you by Sportsbet. With Sportsbet's Bet With Mates new chat feature, you can now bet and banter all in the one place. So bet with mates chat now. You win some, you lose more. For free and confidential support, visit gamblinghelponline.org.au. These legends will be back next week. It's like Adele Santa Montana one, two, back in the day. <laughs>